0: Who are you? Tonight, we dismantle the layers that keep you from knowing who you are. You were intended to live from your true self, your soul, not your ego. Your ego is always adapting and splitting you into different parts, and there is no end to it. This sets up emotional overlays that looks like depression and anxiety. Living from your true self with Susan Frank Anderson. Author of merger
1: Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice. Welcome everyone to Angel Heart Radio. You are our focus. We want you to know that you matter in the world and that you're important to the world. We're here to remind you of just how valuable and needed you are right now. Help us to help others. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, post Tweet, pin, let everyone know how amazing Angel Heart Radio is. So again, welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Powered by love, Angel Heart Radio is sponsored by angellight777.com. Welcome everyone
0: to Angel Heart Radio, I'm your host Deb Goldberg and it brings me great pleasure to be here with you tonight and it's an honor to serve you in the highest way that I can by bringing you messages of divine love and blessings for your life. You are dearly loved, cherished and blessed. We have a great show for you tonight but I want to tell you a little bit about the other podcasters and give you a call-in phone number. It is 714-583-6858, 714-583-6858. Our other podcast hosts are Anaya Joy Halili, who is the founder of Angel Heart Radio, and her show is on Friday nights, USA time, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, and Saturday, 10 o'clock a.m. Queensland time. Annette McCoy's show is aired on Tuesdays, eight o'clock PM USA time Eastern and Wednesdays, 10 o'clock AM Queensland time. You can also reach Anaya at angellight light, If you are interested in knowing more about me or working with me or my books, you can find me at Debbie Goldberg.com. You can find my book. Are you ready to listen? God and the, God's Covenant, Volume 2, on Amazon. Hopefully, Volume 3 will be out very shortly, The Scripture of Heaven, and the book series is called A Divinely Ordered Life. So we have an awesome show for you tonight, and it is on living from your true self. I want to tell you about my co-host first, who is Dr. Lynietta G. Willis, who is a psychologist, and author of My Forgotten Self. She's also the creator of the Elemental Living, Parenting, and Personal Leadership Program. And, you know, I met Lynetta last year. I listened to a podcast that she did with somebody else, and I said, I have to interview this person that I just connected with her. Uh, She's an extraordinary young woman and has a wealth of divine knowledge, and she's a great friend. So welcome, Lynetta. Lynetta. <clears throat> thank you so much. Oh, it's so good to be here, Deb, and I agree with everything. We
2: connected so well and um yes, I just love
0: having you in my life. Oh, well, thank you. I feel the same way, too. I I just feel blessed with um all of these uh wonderful people that keep coming into my life, and Susan, <laughs> one of them, um help uh she's a trained uh Let's see, let's start over. Susan has trained extensively in healing relational trauma to help others find their true self as God sees them. She is passionate about setting the captives free from false beliefs that block the truth of their spiritual identity and obstruct their ability to see and feel unconditional love from divine source of light and power. She's the author of Mercher, which you can find that on Amazon. Now, I met Susan at a workshop in the Florida Keys last November, and it was also a divinely ordered encounter, as we are kindred soul sisters, too. It is not often that you actually meet someone who's receiving the same divine message and purpose as yourself, and we become fast friends, and um, I'm so grateful that she has been brought to my life, as she's such a gift, and she's got a beautiful heart and a soul filled with wisdom. So, welcome, Susan. Hi, Deb. Hi, Lynetta. Hi,
3: everyone. It's just my pleasure to be here. I'm both humbled and honored to be your guest and to share whatever we're going to share tonight. And I'm looking so much forward to you know, getting to know you, Lynette, because this is kind of a new meeting for us. And of course, continued with you, Deb, in my life. You're just such a blessing. So it's an honor to be here.
0: No, well, thank you. Thank you. It's, it feels so good to have uh, the three of us here all together. And believe it or not, I already have three callers on the line. But I want to give you a chance, Susan, to actually tell us your story and um, how you got here and how Mercher fit in and so that we all get to know you a little bit before we take some phone calls.
3: Okay, I'll be happy to do that. I'll try and keep it brief because you know I am uh, have had quite a life so far, but it's it's been a great journey with God. So everything always develops out of out of God for me. That's that's who I am. I mean, I'm just my identity is is in that. It wasn't always uh clear to me on that. So, my journey has been a little circuitous, but um just quickly um some of my roles. I'm a mom. I got two um adult, you know, sons and lovely wives and their uh offspring are my most favorite grandchildren, so I have three of those, So and I am the wife of a very awesome man, so got lots of love in my life and lots of support um, from family and friends, so as my roles as um, just quickly was an educator, teacher early on, and had a master's degree in educational psychology, which that led to some school counseling and that kind of thing, and then uh, that kind of moved into a God call where... Um, that was my first kind of career path. And then at kind of midlife, God goes, so you're going back to school and you're going to get another master's degree in theology and psychology. So that just put a new trajectory up for me. Not that I wasn't uh, believing in God and everything, but it was just so enlightening to enter that and become off of that, where I, what I've done been doing for the past couple of decades. And uh, basically... I went, I went and then I retired from teaching and just went into full-time counseling, church counseling, even became ordained minister. So it was just all of this stuff that was kind of, you know, happening. And then I felt, you know, I met another divine intervention with a, a person who ran a psych clinic. And so out of that clinic, I kind of, you know, just evolved into what I do now. But it was an interesting meeting because unlike most clinicians, I I did have an office and we did, you know, work out of a clinic in that city. But a lot of our people were caught up in some kind of addictions or some kind of especially sexual addiction. So that was really, um, that was new for me because I hadn't really had personal addictions or at least I didn't think I had until these people woke me up so that was part of the awakening was to work with people that were really broken down and they were so broken down there wasn't good help for them in their area so our clinic served the entire United States and even out of the country and when I first heard that with the um, man who trained me I thought I said how's that going to work he goes well there'll be phone and there'll be and this was early on, no one would do phone counseling back then in my mind, but he said, you'll see, it really works. So he had quite a presence, he was known, and so out of that, I just, you know, a practice started. I worked with a lot of the wives of of the gentlemen or the partners of whatever, so it, it just really led into a whole new understanding and opened my mind, and then I thought, boy, I am in over my head. I need more training, so and that led to another area of lots of trauma training, and I met some awesome colleagues, and that just deepened my trauma work and really that 's how it evolved into me knowing that if we don 't go into our inner uh, self that we 're really still very um, disconnected from the presence of the love that God really has uh, out of that just as a as an extension of God said you know the you will be passing on this, my holy nurture, because basically people, all humans, aren't have not been exposed to, you know, the nurturing love of God in the way they need. And when they're not, that's what happens. A lot of other brokenness and different issues, uh, you know, come out of that. So nurture really is how to merge with with the holy love of God. And it just is all about The first half of the book is really about how to clean out your, well, it's like decluttering, it's like cleaning your house, cleaning your closets, you know, getting, uh, dismantling all the false beliefs and lies that you might have believed about yourself, about others, you know, that came in through the judgment door, and our mind is split, so... Our soul can only be healed when we get in touch with true source. And the second half of the book really talks about that a lot. It really, really uh, dives deeply into, you know, how the love of God um, reparents us and really redevelops us into our true authentic self. So it's very... um, Special project for me to be able to do that because most of it I really do feel and you know Deb and I you have we have talked about this that our we're getting like downloads that stream you know so when I heard that everybody is kind of like walking around in a trance asleep like our in our human conditioning and that I'm going to be waking them up that wasn't really news to me because I kind of have had that, you know, I've done my work, and I know I was asleep, and I didn't even know it, so the whole wake-up call to live your life at higher levels of consciousness with love that's given freely and unconditionally will heal all the wounds from our past, so it'll develop spiritual maturity, and it's just exciting to be able to even, you know, be with people that really want to know this and dive deeper into their faith and the love of God.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It it is beautiful. It is beautiful. And I've read your book and it um it's awesome. So I'm making recommendations to everybody to read Mercher. Um and it talks about all the things that you were just saying. And um it it's just filled with lots of tools and love and case studies to help you understand. It gives you examples of what Susan is talking about. So um, what I want to do yeah, right can now. Can I is ask one more? Uh, just just a little P.S.
3: on that, just to add on. Deb, is that I I put the case studies in because it was actually my clients that were teaching me as we were working. We were in a partnership, and that's where I really felt the flow of God because once I had admitted I've been over my head then it was like yeah you are because your head needs to be you know flowing with that goodness that divine like we'll have this conversation tonight and we're all flowing in the
0: spirit of what God has for us to share so excellent point we we are always learning from our clients and um, and all three of us you know work as clinicians so um, we totally understand what you're talking about, and and it is very true about how we need to allow God to work through us to help each person, because we really don't need, know what it is that needs to be done. Um, only God does. So let's um, let's just take our phone caller, um, and and then we can get back to talking some more. Uh Marie, welcome to Angel Heart Radio. What can we help you with? Hi, thank you. Um,
4: how about codependency? and everyone says, "Oh, just love yourself." well, having trouble with interpreting exactly how to do this, Okay,
0: Susan, do you mm-hmm. want to uh answer that first?
3: Mm -hmm. Hi, Marie. Welcome to the show. And it's a pleasure to meet you. I would love to respond to that. And I wish I had like three days to talk about this just with you, Marie, because that's actually where my practice started when I was working with the addicts was like a lot of the partners, you know, then they're labeled with this codependency. And so, you know, I knew what that was having uh, been that myself. But Really, do you understand what they're saying, Marie, when they're saying codependency? Do you know what that means?
4: They'll say set boundaries. You know, don't let your family walk all over you. You can have your own life, and it's their guilt, not yours, and a bunch of forgiveness stuff.
3: Excellent strategies. Now, that would be called your toolbox kit. That would be what you would use as your how-to. The beginning of that, however, is to see that your dependency, there's like five core issues within us that I really do need to be aligned. And the first is our self-esteem. And when we esteem ourselves, we do that simply because we have inherent worth from God. That's it. End of discussion. You know, you you have no other case for your existence and your amazing self except for that. So, if other people are judging you or defining you according to their standards, then that's what they're saying. If you're dependent on that, then you need to set boundaries, which is core issue number two. Typically boundaries just means don't don't let what they're saying inside you know uh and offer up uh you know love and um but if you don't have that sense of how to love yourself well uh that would be something that you could work on first uh as well, Marie, really get in touch with that love, and then your reality, which is question number three, just flows right out of that because. All of a sudden, there's these ahas start going on inside of your head where it's like, "Well, this is who I am," and and you know. So, I like I liken it to this uh, little anecdote that I heard somewhere where you, um, if you go into a movie theater, and let's say there's a whole bunch of movie theaters and they're all playing your life story, Marie. Then the first one, you go in and you sit down and you see the movie on the screen and it kind of matches you with your perception and that's, there's one other person sitting right in front of you and they're nodding their head. Yeah, they're agreeing and that's you. So then you go in another theater. Now there's your mother and you sit down behind her and you're watching the movie and you're going, whoa that 's not the way that happened, you know so, and then you go in and you you, you see another uh, movie of yourself, and then it might be you know your husband or your partner or whoever, and they 're playing the movie of you and it, see so what i 'm trying to convey is everybody has a reality, and they 're making it up in their head they 're actually literally making up a story in their head much of the time that is not based on truth it 's based on their point of perception. So uh, then that affects your dependency. If you're depending on anybody any other human to define who you are, your identity, uh that's codependence. So on that mm-hmm. scale of codependence, you can be you know really dependent and that's kind of like a needy a needy person and they're always the victim, and they need your help, and this and that. Or you can be uh, down on the other end and really independent, needless, wantless, I don't want anything, and then then people really swallow you up. So you have to be in balance in everything. And in that dependency, a a healthy relationship is sharing to be known. It's not telling you, judging you, you're not this, and blaming and fault-finding. Does that make sense? Am I making myself clear, Marie?
4: Yeah, thank you.
0: Does that, that was help? awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was um that was a great explanation. I really like your movie uh scenario yeah. <laughs> of a way to look at at a way to look at that. Now, Lynetta, do you have anything that you would like to add to this for Marie? You know,
2: I I think my first question is always when somebody says, you know, how do I love myself more? How do I my first question is how do you know you're not loving yourself well? Like, what are the signs or the cues that you're personally picking up on that tells you that, you know what, I, I don't I don't think I'm loving myself enough or I don't think I'm honoring myself enough as a divine being? Do you have any insight into that, Marie? Like, just maybe one thing that lets you know, like, I don't think I'm there? Mm,
4: because when mom or family calls and they go, well, we're going to do this and and you need to be there or, you know... We know you wanted to do this, but instead, we we all want to do this. So it's like you're obligated to come with us and don't do what you want to do.
2: Mm-hmm. And then if
4: I don't do it and I do what I want, then it's like, well, why weren't you there? You know, the guilt and the
2: right, right, from. right. So so you're saying your sign of not loving yourself well is how your parents or your family members react towards you when you don't do what you're quote-unquote, supposed to do. Right. Is that, is that accurate? Okay. And, you know, I think, you know, that can that is so common and so normal because we, we do trigger, like, our, our families, better than anybody else, can trigger stuff in us so fast. So it's like, yeah, you're right, you know, when they're like, well, why weren't you there? And then all that stuff from childhood, all the guilt, all the shame, comes bubbling up to the surface, you know, and, and one thing, There's a lot of things, (laughs) as Susan was saying. But one thing, you know, I think is to, you know, just like your family knows you really well, you know them really well. And you could probably anticipate that phone call that you're about to receive about why you didn't come. Is that true? Like you know when it's going to come, what's their You could like mouth the words as they're saying that, right? So Mm -hmm. it's really about getting clear on your intentions and your motivation. So when you decide, I'm not going to this, seeing like, okay, is this coming from a place of self-love? Like, I'm tired. I've worked all week. I don't have fun when I go to these things, right? And you can even look at yourself as someone else and say, if I were talking to someone else that I know, and it'd be like, look, you're exhausted. You've been doing all these things. Like, no, your family doesn't make you feel good. You're going to be, you know, it's not going to help you. That would, would, that would be a loving response that you would give to that person. So if you can set up in advance mm-hmm. before that phone call comes, you know, what is the most loving way that I can treat myself in this moment? How can I give myself the most love in this moment? And that way, when the phone calls start to come, you're already fortified, right? Your spirit is already strong because you can just go back and say, I was loving myself and that's why I didn't go. So instead of your family's actions towards you, or reactions rather, towards you being a sign it be- of of that you don't love yourself, it's more about your you know that your actions towards yourself, your intentional actions towards yourself was a sign of self love. And from that space you can pat yourself on the back. Does that make sense?
4: Yes, and I especially like how you said, what would I tell a friend?
2: Mm hmm. Right? Yes, because we, we treat friends with more compassion than we treat ourselves, right?
0: Right. So that's a great um, That's a great way to turn it around And check yourself To see okay where is this coming from Am I not wanting to go Because I am being loving to myself Or I'm being in resistance To uh, following You know what other people want me to do So that's great advice And I'm going to just add Something to that Marie Um First of all, I think it's a great question because I think that your question hits a lot of people because codependency is really common and um, not knowing how to love yourself is very common too. And those are things that I have dealt with throughout my life. And um, when the codependency part is all about not understanding your own worth and believing things about yourself that are not true, that other people define who you are versus yourself or God. And when you allow your inner being or God to um, define you and know who you are, that you are inherently good and, and that you are entitled to your own thoughts and uh, feelings about things and and wants and needs that you are not put here to make other people happy, and and when when that can really sink into you um, is that because you can say lovingly no thank you I'm sorry I, I can't join you um, have a great time maybe another time uh, these are these are all things that you start to develop from within and I know with for myself the only way i started to grow in um in these areas is by letting god spiritually parent me and that's what susan's talking about is merger. it's the same thing is that i had to do dive deep into myself to understand who i am and why i was doing those behaviors it was like i was looking for everybody else to value me when really the only value comes from within you and the way that God sees you. And and I had to learn how to receive love because I didn't know how to do that either. So I didn't even know how to nurture myself with love because I never felt it. I never saw it. And I needed God to show me an I had to open myself up and actually allow that love. Um, So I had to get it from divinely before I could actually learn how to start giving it to myself. And what it comes down to me is having compassionate presence for yourself. I mean, we need to learn this for other people, but you can start learning this for yourself. And that comes down to um, accepting yourself as you are with all of this, diversity inside yourself with your higher self, your ego, um, with all your beliefs and things that you've learned that are not true about yourself is, is about being compassionate with this whole being that each one of us are and learning how to speak your truth and learning how to feel your own feelings um, rather than allowing other people to keep doing that for you. Uh, so those are those are some of my two cents. And I think that you are so blessed to have the three of us on this line, and so is our audience, because your question is not just for you. There's other people out there listening to your question and these answers, and so you are helping a lot of people by coming forward, and I thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you also. I appreciate all three of you. Oh, well, thank you for calling in, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show and uh, listen to our podcast. Uh, we have lots of great information. Have a wonderful day. Yes, thank you very much. Day. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day and bless you. Bye. Bye. Okay. So that was awesome. That was Yay,
4: awesome. That was. That such
3: was. A- Great question. She I mean that just opens up so many avenues of this whole thing because no mortal mind is capable of truly understanding divine love. And when you know you bring up that codependence, it really brings out all of that that we are love and when we are working out of that essence of love, you know, we are our best selves, and we can say no, or we can say yes, and we can do it with love, and most uh, people in the humans, all humans, let's say, we're conditioned um, to, you know, under judgment that I need to do that, so that just sets up that whole guilt trap that just keeps you stuck, (laughs) you know, kind Mm -hmm. of like that neural pathway that just keeps (laughs) going, you know, but I should do that, and so then the shoulds are like,
0: tyrannizing your head all the time it's like crazy town right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and this is a great place Susan to talk about um, all the disorders of psychology and how because this leads right into um, how you know what you had mentioned that uh, when we carry these things and then we end up living separately in an ego state so um, and then it creates all of these disorders. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, that is that is really fascinating,
3: you know, and it is a large part of, you know, what, um, what God has used to show me. I had to go through the experiences myself. A lot of them, and I used to think, why do I have to have, like, so many shades of this, you know, and that's what you kind of do when you're a psych major anyway. You go, oh, I have that or I have that. But the truth is, I mean, Psychological labels are just that—they're just labels for really, you know, actually for understanding. Like we can talk about something. Unfortunately, uh, people do pick them up and say, "Oh, you know, you know, you're a narcissist," or they throw stuff at people. So that's not helpful. Um, and I've come to not really appreciate most labels, and so kind of like feel that I've been led to boil a lot of stuff down to anxiety and depression. As I as I worked and um, dug deeper into the minds of all my clients, I mean, we do deep, deep process work. We don't just like, it's not um, fluff, oh, just, you know, well, maybe if you can do that, your husband will do that, and then you'll do that. No, we're diving deep into the root issues that are drivers of anxiety and depression, which Those things are especially, I mean, I don't think people realize that everybody has anxiety and everybody has some situational depression. Certainly not. You know, if you did not really have um, the tools uh, to understand what's going on inside of you. So much of our toxic waste, uh, which I call it, because it is a dump, it's like a a toxic waste dump down inside. I just just think about it. I write about that in my book and give a couple of funny stories about, you know, what that, it's really not funny, though, because what, this accumulation is all about is all of the judgments, all of the fear that poisoned our mind so thoroughly that we forgot who we are, basically. And we just keep dispensing it off onto others because it's so toxic. It feels horrible. So you want to just get rid of it. But a lot of people don't even realize they're just projecting. So as we say, you know, as within, so without. So a lot of the things that you will... People will say about you, including codependency or any other kind of psychological labels, um, it would be best. I think we're trending in, in other directions, which I love, of looking at what's right with us, starting with what's right, not what's wrong there 's really nothing wrong with anyone. <laughs> I just need to get rid of a, a dump dump a lot of this stuff and dismantle uh, some of it, so we can get down to receive that love. you mentioned Deb, that you couldn 't receive the nurture, um, and many people can 't The receivers are broken. they maybe even have one tiny pinhole where they can really receive love and um, so the the process of Understanding disorders is really just for understanding that that's not really you. That's an adaptation of you. That is a false self, and it's usually filled with tons of lies, poisonous to our system. And that's where stress comes from, which is anxiety. It's pressure on our body. We weren't meant to carry these heavy loads, and it's just burdensome. So when you Mm -hmm. get mindful and stay in the presence of love, you begin this new journey inward. So whatever Mm -hmm. is within, if you're willing to go mining, get your miner's hat on, get a good guide, and the Holy Spirit is your best guide, but it really helps if you do have a professional that has been trained in trauma work because it's very traumatic. You know, people, Mm -hmm. uh, I was trained with post-traumatic stress disorder work and doing EMDR and all these other fancy psychological things. Well, the truth is, I mean, we're all got post-traumatic stress because our, uh, we we didn't choose a lot of the things that happened, uh, you know, in the past, let's just call it past, and um, so that's blocking the present of staying present with who we really are or even knowing that. Mm -hmm. So. Now I'm
2: on my soapbox, but that's
4: kind of the way I see <laughs> <Nah>. it. So I'll get down. that's nah.
2: awesome. I have a question. Um, so, you know, when we talk about you know disorders or diseases, um, yeah, you know, and how a lot of our stuff from our past can can really trigger things that that um, manifest as anxiety and depression and things of that nature. I'm curious if, about your take on things like medication and, you know, people who just can't really pull themselves out of that space and may rely on things like medication to help them do that. What are your – do you um, speak to that or what are your thoughts on that piece um, as a as a tool or something that some may use?
3: That's a great question, Lynetta, and I really um, – I am very much, you know, for whatever um, your medical doctor or your psychiatrist or whoever you, you know, we have to go with what that professional is, you know, advocating. I had actually had this come up a couple of weeks ago with one of my clients. He goes, my doctor wants me to take anti anxiety. What do you think? Well, I don't think. Let's get you to think because do you feel comfortable taking them? So he really didn't want to. And I have not uh, the license to tell him, well, then you don't have to, and I never would. I, mm-hmm. What I believe, that anything that God has provided here is wonderful if it helps stabilize your system and you are like, you cannot um, focus, let's say, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. need some help, short term, Usually. Now, one of the problems that I see um, is that a lot of people form a dependency and they're really scared to go off. And then their whole nervous system definitely wouldn't, you know, you can't function once once you're, you know, really um, on that without it. But some people do need them for uh, for a long time because it's, um, you know, just what what they're uh, what's the best route that they've taken so here here's how i in a nutshell would say research shows this is scientific they did studies on medications meditations and yoga practices and things like that and placebos and this research is awesome i studied on this guy named Bessel van der Kolk. he's awesome but mm-hmm. i don't want to get into the sidetrack with that but anyway <laughs> the bottom line is The research showed that actually all three of those things work, even the placebo. And even when they told the people, this is not a real anti-anxiety or antidepressant, this is really just a placebo, it still
1: worked. It was amazing.
3: Mm -hmm. So interestingly enough, you know, it's each individual person, you tune in to your higher power within you. You trust God, and, you you know, I mean, I know that sounds simplistic, but you will, and if you need those meds, you will have them. If you can do it through meditation and other um, really great practices that also help calm the nervous system down and retrain the brain, I mean, our brain is neuroplastic. It can be retrained. That's evidence now. Neuroscience is showing all that. So I can't say yay or nay. I can say it's individual, and it's it depends on you personally to make that decision. I like to give people the responsibility to take uh, their life and and uh, be able to ch- make their choices and see what works for them. Does that help, Minetta? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it That's does. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome.
0: That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I have a little surprise, Susan. There's somebody that would like to say hello to you on on uh, one of our lines, so I'm going to open his mic. It's his okay. name is Tim. His name is Tim. Welcome, Tim, at Angel Heart Radio.
5: Thank you. Hi, Susan.
0: Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Good. I think I how know are you, are
3: you, Tim.
2: Tim? <laughs> <laughs> you better know me.
3: Okay. What's your question for us, Tim?
2: Um, I didn't really have a question. I just wanted to say hi to Susan and just say that she's been my therapist for five or six years now, and words cannot express uh, how much she has helped me with childhood trauma and anxiety and finding out who I really am in my true self. Her ability to give people
5: perspective is just, that is her gift. And so I just um, wanted to say hi
2: and hope everything is going well. And thank you for all the help that you've given me.
3: Oh, my gosh. Tim, you're bringing – Tim, did you have to make me cry on the
4: show? Oh, that was... <laughs>
3: Yay, I made him cry. Oh, thank you so much. That's beautiful. It, isn't it gorgeous? And for him, you know, to just come out and – I mean, these are confidential. I wasn't going to reveal who he was. I mean, that's that awesome. Thank you, Tim. He's not a plant, by the way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm he not a what? A plant. Like, like, she like didn't we take you all in and say that. <laughs> Checks in the mail, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Tim, thank you so much because you know um, Susan is. Um, she'll tell you about it later before we get off the show that she's accessible to uh, work with, and so bringing testimonies is just a wonderful thing uh, for you and for her. So uh, thanks for calling in and thanks for sharing that and being brave. And uh, I honor you and God bless you. Thank
5: you very much. Bye, Susan. We'll talk later.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Okay.
0: Okay, Now we have another question from uh, one of your clients uh, that was written. And I'm going to read it so you can answer that is, what do you see as the single biggest obstacle for men 50 and up in discovering their true selves and finding the willingness and courage to do so? And there's a second part to this is what might you recommend for these men to put in their emotional toolbox? So, well, wow, that's a great question. Um, mm-hmm. I bet
3: I knew who that's from. Anyway, um, and, and I and I don't I do, I'm just joking. Seriously, what I want to preface this with is, you know, this is a great question for. Um women to to uh, hear as well um you know especially as uh if you you've been with a partner a long time or if you're out there in the dating scene or whatever because there there is a lot going on um now with uh, men you know they hit that middle age and I would even say 45 to 60 there's a a thing in there and I I've worked with a lot of men my practice started out working with the partners um and by the way you know people with um love issues they're called love addicts, love avoidance, and they aren't always men, so I just want to make that clear. But to this gentleman's question, I first say, like all humans, it doesn't matter what age we are judgmental, <laughs> and so drop your judgment. I do think that um this may sound like a judgment, but it's really not. It's um, just the, what's going on with um, men today. There's a much difference in uh, men 40 and younger. Like I have two sons, you know, who are under 40. Awesome men. you know. The-
0: Susan, I had to um, mute your mic for a minute because there's this noise coming through it, and then we couldn't hear all this wonderful guidance that you're giving us. So I'm gonna try to unmute it again and see if it stopped. It's still happening. So I I have you on mute. Um, And I'm wondering if you can remove your headset and see if you can talk without it and see if that makes a difference to unplug it from your computer. Sorry about that, folks, which we'll work this out. So. Maybe Lynetta, do you have any ideas for answers in the meantime until we get Susan figured out here for that question of what's the, you know what's the single biggest obstacle for men?
2: Right, right.
0: Hmm. The sing- big, single biggest single biggest obstacle ages
2: 50 and older. Um, you know, I think it's the grooves that the stories we tell ourselves have made in our brain. So we, as we go through life, you know, we, we have, we tell ourselves these stories and we have these reactions in response to different things that happen in our lives and triggers that, that we have. And the more, we respond in the same way to the same triggers, the more we wire our brain to follow that certain path quickly. So, for instance, if I, um, if every time I, I make a comment or and somebody asks a question and I'm always thinking you're challenging me or you're judging me or you think, you know, I'm, I'm going to be quick to react as if this person is challenging me and they judge me and they think I'm incompetent, you know, and those types of things. When I start to question that and say, you know, maybe they're just curious, then it's going to be that how how long I have followed that same route and that same wiring in my brain is going to um, make it, if it's been a long time, it's going to make it a little bit more difficult um,
0: to rewire that. What's that? Hello? Um, oh, I thought I heard somebody hello? say something. Yes, I did. I opened somebody's uh, line, and I just wanted to make sure that wasn't Susan. Oh. It is mine now. I'm here. Uh, okay. Sorry about okay. that.
3: That's okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a, I'm sorry, that's right. but I heard,
3: I heard Lignetta, and I thought she, that was a great comment, and I'm sorry about I don't know what happened to my mic, but it went foul or something
2: no that's fine I'll just say this one last thing just because I don't want to leave people on a down note the good news is (laughs) no matter how old you are you can totally rewire your brain research shows Mm -hmm. us that research tells us that it's just about being conscious and intentional Um, things like meditation and stuff like that actually helps with that Um, and and changing our story and shifting our story okay back over to you
3: I love it. That you know, and boy, I wanna piggyback on that Lynn yet, just for a minute. the meditation, um, the prayer, the um, you know, getting taking good physicals. it's and it's like even that first caller where self love, self care, you know, update yourself, get in tune with who you are and in your own reality and journey inside yourself and become that relational being that really stays present and um you know, I just love it because, like you said, Lynetta, our brain is so plastic it can be uh shifted, and of course, the author of that is able to do that with you
0: for you and all the time
1: mhm, mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah, and you know, I was wondering if um you know with men and and if you're gonna look at fifty and up I think that young men today are are brought up a little different, the world's a little different um, and looking at generational information that's passed on and what a man was expected to be um, and getting more, um, being more in touch with your masculine side than your feminine side. And I think, I think that when that balance isn't there, it's harder to go inside and believe that there's something more than what you just actually see in front of you. Um, I know, I know for myself that most of my life I lived my, in my masculine energy and, and that kept me in control mode and, and it didn't really allow me to get in touch with more of my feminine side, my nurturing side. Um, and, uh so I don't know if that has anything to do with it but I I certainly believe it has something to how men have been programmed uh throughout mm-hmm. generations of being strong and you know be, being in control and that you're the safety that there's nothing else you know what I mean uh mm-hmm. and and yeah, so that it it's, yeah Totally, it's,
3: it's a program, it's, isn't it? It's, it's mm-hmm. how we're, we're we're. It's all about that conditioning, that ring the bell, feed the dog. This is how you are. You know, <laughs> you you get stuck in that loop in your brain. And we do know too that our subconscious gives us those subliminal messages. And even when you try to break out of that, that's what I just am really passionate about: is people understanding that even if they want to break out, because a lot of people will judge other people and say, oh, they're just this or they're that. Trust me, I have known people that deeply desired to live differently, be differently, and they could not get in touch with that true self until they were able to understand you're carrying a lot of subliminal toxic waste messages Mm -hmm. in your subconscious and Mm your what we call consciousness consciousness which is your sleepwalking trance kind of thing, you need to, that's why this whole being of us that we need to uh, come from wholeness because you're only operating out of a split of yourself and you, mm-hmm. then the rest of it's on a program, just roaring, you know, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And, and that's also that noise in the head, the constant chatter that's, you know, causing people a lot of sleep distress and, you know, all the time, with uh, all day long, not focused. Uh, a lot of this is just, and that's why meditation is working so well, is to get you into this inner being of wholeness that is at peace and relaxed, and not, you know, hyper vigilant because you're you're operating out of an adapted self that isn't you. Who wouldn't be Who wouldn't be hyper vigilant if they're looking for their true self and they're running around in this false self and they don't even know it.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I thought yeah. maybe we could give some examples of how that happens, of how that we do this adapting and that we split into different parts and that it just keeps happening, that mm-hmm. there's no, like you said, no end to it. So maybe we can come up with some examples for people of how that happens. Like, you know, either and I you were add something a certain to the way. Tale. Okay. I want to add
2: something to the tail end of that. Examples, and then also if you can end with um, an example of how the love of God reparents into the authentic self, like just how you work with that and, and maybe anchor that a bit more into something that we can sink our teeth into, that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. Wow. You know, and boy, we are
3: really into, you know, so much, I guess, philosophy and existentialism as well, because really it's why we're here. We're here. I consider Earth, I mean, in my mind, it works like a lab school, you know, like we're here on this journey, and we don't know what we're doing when we get here. We land in a family that, you know you know, however, originally, I call it kidnapping. So, Lenyana, yeah, to hear how that happens, I mean, you know, and it's so variable. You know, some kids grow up and they had, they didn't really, have, they had a pretty dysfunctional family. And they'll go, oh, my gosh, I had the greatest family. And so they're in this denial uh, because they don't know anything else. So it's very, mm-hmm. um, you know, like what is that quote that, you know, people have a hard time, I think, letting go of their suffering because out of the fear of the unknown, they prefer the suffering that's familiar, and mm-hmm. and they just don't know. So that's how the egoic and the adaptations. And then there are the kids like myself who didn't know, and I like um, am going to be the um, child parent, which puts me in a falsely empowered position because I'm like, seven and i'm knowing hmm something's not right here you know i'm detecting something's wrong in my um you know but i mean i i just didn't know i was a kid so watching this stuff and then you throw in some examples of people with abuse and every one of my uh clients who had any kind of addiction Bar none. This is 100%. There was either sexual or emotional or verbal abuse that traumatized that child to where they split away and they are medicating with whatever addictive uh, behaviors. Doesn't? I mean, we we can all use anything to to, to uh, distract ourselves from our pain. So mm-hmm. that's how those splits get set up, and then you're living out of that being. And then other people are judging you for who you are. So this is our human condition. I mean, look around. This is actually 12-steppers taught me all of this. When I facilitated a 12-step group, um, here I'm the clinician. I'm coming in to facilitate the group, you know, and everything. And they start talking about surrendering and, you know, their life is unmanageable and it's chaotic and they can't. And then there, you know, the first three steps obviously are all about that surrender and how that is the love of God. That's what you asked, Lynetta, when you get into this awareness that my life is not working, it's insane. And they have to admit that, you know, I'm sitting there in the group and I'm thinking, these people have a lot to teach me because I have no idea at that point in time, that was early on, I just didn't even understand how much I was addicted to, like people pleasing and like you know looking, uh, having other people like me or whatever the all the codependent stuff. Um, So those things set up from childhood. I mean that was what I did. I you know you got to fly under the radar and you got to make sure everybody's having peace and you become the caretaker, the manager, and you lose yourself. You you lose. Touch and so your egoic nature, which is your double mind, you feel separated from your true self and you split, and the double Mm -hmm. mind takes over. So now you're in the binary of this and that. If this happens, then I'll do that, you know. And so, the if then mind is the crazy mind because you actually think you have some control, which is kind of scary because when you think about it, you don't have control over anything, not even your next breath. So it all becomes clear as the awakening happens and that's what I love. Deb and I talk mm. about this all the time about the awakening and
1: that awareness.
3: So I I don't want to I I want to have just one thing that I attach to this when you begin the journey in. I call it the journey in. You got you mind. You you um Garbage in, garbage out. You're in there looking around and seeing, uh, you know, the love of God, and you're seeing what are the layers, what are the fogs, what's the fear, what's the guilt, what's all the stuff in there that I have been living under the influence of that is limiting me, that it's a lie, Mm -hmm. uh, that I don't need. So it causes divisions, and this is where you can really detect Our societal construct now is so divided. There's so much anger, so much hatred, so much division. So before I get on a depressing downer about that, the exciting thing is there's such a shift in awareness. People are waking up.
4: Mm-hmm. People are done
3: with the divisions, you know, mm-hmm. and not everywhere, obviously, if you listen to the media or in regular, but on places like this and blogs and talks, and, and they're seeking and they're awesome because they're coming into this oneness mm-hmm. and they're seeing we all bleed the same. You know, guess mm-hmm. what? We're, we are all here to help one another and the divisions that are killing us when we come together together. This is my divine dream. This is my divine dream (laughs) that there will be, um, as the teachings of Christ said, there is no gender divisions. There are no race divisions. There are no ethnic. There are no cultural. Even faith, you know, religion, it's a construct. Yes, keep your religion, keep your traditions, but let's not argue. Let's focus on our loving God that loves all of us, and we are his children. And everyone Mm -hmm. then can be a teacher to you. So whoever shows up as your important stranger and you know uh, meets you, they can be honest. They can uh, they can dialogue with you like we're doing here without offense.
0: Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. That's beautiful mm, hey we we is. I don't want to cut you guys short, but we have like three minutes left and <laughs> and, wow. we, and i and I have a caller on the line that would like to say to hello to you uh Susan, so I'm gonna put her on and and then we could just uh wrap things up okay mm-hmm. i should, i I really thought about making this a ninety minute show. I should have listened to myself, but hold on a second. <laughs> Hi, Melanie. Welcome to Angel
5: Heart. Hi. Uh, Susan, this is Melanie. I'm so glad to hear you on here. You're just, um, I've been a client of Susan's for 10 years, not so much lately, um, but uh, she's become just such a dear friend to me. And at a time in my life when I had full trauma going on, she just you know, really comforted me and helped me to get on a path to find out what God really was about in my life. And I had walked with him and served him all of my life, but did not know him in the way that I know him now. And um, so I just wanted to say that about her and anybody out there that needs someone like her. she's, She's the... She's the gal to plug into <laughs> That's so, um, awesome. But I did Thanks. have a comment too about what you're talking about that um I know that for so many years um I I believed lies about myself and I didn't value myself and even though there are times I still struggle with that because those lies um they, they're they loud in your mm-hmm. brain. And some little thing can happen, and it can come back to haunt you. And once you really find out that your value and who you are come from Jesus Christ, then it, everything changes. And, and so when those little things begin to gnaw at you, you can just say, stop, you know, just stop. What am I going to do about this? I'm going to look to my Savior who, you know, my identity is in him, and and I can be myself, and he will help me to, you know, step forward to my true, um, my destiny. So...
3: Thank you, Melanie, and I'm and I, I want to. Yeah, that's a great comment, and it really does fill in. And I want to just tell you in advance notice: this lady has got a book coming out, and it is going to blow your socks off because she's got quite a
1: story. Awesome. So, just Way a trailer of
3: things to come. And I'm honored. I have the best clients. I'm telling
5: you, they are just well, they're, no, they're my friends. I should, yeah. Okay. That's
0: awesome. Uh-oh. That's awesome. Thank well, you, Melanie, bless for calling all of in you for
5: what you're doing. God bless.
0: Thank and I will you, talk to you soon, Melanie. Bye, okay, dear. Bye, bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Oh, that was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we could probably do a show on that question that you asked Lynetta about. So how does that work with God parenting you and yeah. making all these changes happen in you? So we could probably do a show just on that topic. Um, mm-hmm. And so we'll schedule something like that. In the meantime, Lynetta, why don't you take a minute and let people know how to contact you and um, if they would like to get in touch with you.
2: Absolutely. So um I know our time's up, so I'll be very quick. If so you want to get in touch with me, go to W Doctor and that's D R L as in Ladybug Willis. W I L L I S dot com. So that's D R L Willis dot com. And I'll leave you the rest of the time for Susan.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and thank you for joining us, Lynetta. You always bring so much to our shows and um, have great questions and really bring out some more depth so I'm really happy that you got to meet Susan tonight, and me too. Hour. I'm looking forward yeah. to the show. This yeah, so Thank we can do do this some more. And Susan, mm-hmm. this was awesome, and our time mm-hmm. just went so fast. Um, <laughs> it always <laughs> does when you're when you're having fun, right? We're
3: having fun yeah. here. yeah. You can talk about you can even talk about suffering and bring it into the light, and then it all becomes great joy, right?
0: Right, right. So why don't you take a minute and um, and tell people how they can get in touch with you.
3: Well, just, you know, go to, um, you, you know, I have a couple of websites and the, the, all my information is there. So Mercher.com, but if you can't remember how to spell Mercher, um, you can go to LifeHouseRestoration.com or Holy Spirit dot com I'm in oh I'm sorry. Holy Spirit Graham No, Holy Gram Spirit sorry
5: dot <laughs> com. You know, I always
3: get that messed up because it's like I am a hologram, so holygram spirit dot com. <laughs> that's a good one. So that's all.
0: That's okay. That's awesome. And then they can find your book on Mercher. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here with me tonight. It was so awesome. And of course, I knew that we probably needed more time, but I'm going to bring Susan back and we're going to have lots more conversations on uh, other episodes. So um, I feel so blessed and honored, and it's been such a privilege to bring our listeners, all of my inspirational hosts at the Angel Heart Radio. Everyone I interview has brought so much love and wisdom to all of us, and for that I'm very grateful to be part of this beautiful sacred space. Thank you, Anaya, and thank you again, Susan and Lenyatta. When in doubt, never underestimate the power of prayer. You are being listened to and heard throughout the universe and it always responds with infinite and eternal love. Remember to go inside and listen through your heart for the whispers of heaven. And when you come home to God, you come home to yourself. I love you and God bless you.
1: You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. You can check out who's on, when we're on, and who our guests are at angelheartradio.com. Everything is there. It's all just one click away. Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools to help you in your life and your life experience. They are not intended, nor should they, be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views expressed by hosts, co-hosts, callers, guests, and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.
4: Ever feel like living out in the corner of the world can feel a bit samey? But what if you had a portal that brought the whole world a little closer? Where would you go? Europe? Japan? Think karaoke, Mount Fuji, and watching people wrestle in underwear. Sumos, of course. And with lay-by deposits at only $99, you can book your dream flight now and join me later. Don't waste your Christmas money on another pair of boardies. Head to one of the 13 STA travel stores here in Queensland.
5: Terms and conditions apply.